like I'm really interested in not just how can you make the most money, but get paid twice. Always get paid twice or three times, right? If you can do it. If you are a regular writer on Medium, there's no denying the fact that the platform is changing. What with F. Williams' latest post about the changes regarding Medium's relational model, writers have been thrown into this web of confusion. They don't know whether they should stick to their old habits of writing a new article every day or is it about something completely different. A few days back, Coach Tony, who is the founder of the Better Publications of Better Humans, Better Marketing and Better Programming, recently wrote a series of articles about where he thinks Medium is headed to and what are some steps writers can take currently to keep up with the changing model of Medium and to make sure that they continue making money even though the platform is evolving and bringing in new models. For those of you who don't know, aside from founding these better publications, Tony has also worked closely with F. Williams and he was the first publication owner to have a publication that commissioned writers to write. For example, if you don't know, Better Humans pays a flat rate of $500 to every selected article. And apart from the medium-owned publications, there is no other publication that pays that kind of money to writers. So we all know that Tony and Ev have a relationship that goes back years. And I wanted to pick Tony's brains and ask him what he thinks of these changes on the platform. Tony has also been very vocal about why you should write with a book in mind. And that's a very difficult concept for many writers to grasp because most people on Medium are not here to write a book. They are here to write article after article and build a name for themselves or maybe a personal brand of their own. So what does it actually mean to write with a book in mind? And what are some important steps that writers can take currently to keep up with the changes in media. And to discuss all these questions, I invited coach Tony himself to this interview to talk about where he thinks medium is headed and what are some steps we can take currently as writers to stay afloat and rebrand ourselves along with this changing model of medium. But before we go right into the video, I want to know your goals on medium. If you are currently a writer on medium, where do you see yourself in five years? Do you want to continue writing articles and making money on Medium? Or do you want to move on to other platforms that pay? Or is there something completely different in your head? Please let me know in the comments and we can have a discussion there regarding our goals as writers on Medium. And for now, let's dive straight into the interview and listen to Coach Tony's views on Medium. Hey Tony, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be doing this today. So, uh, before we get started, for our watchers, can you please introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words. Like, uh, Sure. I, I feel like, uh, feel like, I mean, I run a business that has a number of products that are all in self-improvement and professional development. We think our job is to help people level up and... Yeah, I'm most well known for a coaching platform, Coach.me. But if if but for your audience, probably I'm most well known as someone who's pretty active on Medium, because I own and run three big publications there: Better Humans, Better Programming, Better Marketing, and then occasionally I also write there. And uh, and then behind the scenes, I was involved in some of the changes that are happening on the in the programming topic where we've been. Uh, where we recently brought in a big book publisher and we've been kind of just upping the, the, the game over there. So uh, that's who I am, I guess. I think one of the reasons I'm so involved in Medium is also just because the backstory of that is that I used to work with Medium CEO a long time ago. And so um, just I like when I can, I like to be helpful. And then sometimes being helpful turns into something a lot more. And that's what happened in Medium. I'm way more involved in Medium than I thought I would be originally when I was just like a casual blogger there. Right. And uh, you, so have, <laughs> you have recently written a series of articles about the changes that's happening in Medium. And you have also talked a lot about why it's more 
more important more important now more than ever that how people should write thinking of a book in mind right and this is aligning with medium's relational model so many of my writer friends who i have talked to on medium they interpreted this it in this way that now the only way to be successful on medium is if you are writing a book and many people are not interested in writing a book they are just writing on medium because it helps support them so uh, i would like to know your take on it can you we have already talked about this but can you please tell a little yeah. bit more about what you exactly mean by write with a book in mind well, i i like to i like to say the same thing but from multiple different angles cuz people hear it differently and that, then if they hear it you know from a different angle maybe they'll understand it a little bit differently and it'll prompt something that works for them so that's the number one thing about my world coaching is that we're not actually advice givers we're here to facilitate you to make a decision for yourself and so when you hear me say write with a book in mind i'm trying to pr- prompt someone to think differently about what they're doing on medium in a way that's helpful if you if it's not helpful then don't pay any attention to me. So that I think that's the the number one thing always when I'm talking is you have, like the listener has to understand that um I'm not giving exact directions. I don't even think that's possible. And that's like I think most coaches agree advice often falls down because it's not possible to be exactly right. You have to kind of help, you know, it's like a collaboration. So I that's what I was thinking with the book in mind is I wanted I, to get people to think bigger. What does it mean to think bigger? And if I could come at it from a different angle today, um I don't know if this will excite people, but the economics of writing. Right? Like I'm really interested in what is it how can not just how can you make the most money, but how can you write in a cost-effective way? So uh you know one of the things that i wrote about recently in that series of right with a book in mind is that the reason journalism is expensive is because a journalist has to do research and the way you could get equally or better quality writing is if you just went to an expert because that expert already did the research they the expert has less work to do and i think people never don't think about that the sort of the cost of writing right And so for if you're doing research which a lot of people write on medium where they like you know they pull a couple of ideas they spin it together they retell a story that's been covered elsewhere but they retell it in a more um uh maybe a more entertaining way a lot of that work is that they had to do the research when an expert writes they already did that research so that's paid for and a lot of times they're able to write just off of the top of their head and so the cost of writing for them is much lower So what that leads me to think in a lot of is that not so much write with a book in mind but get paid twice. Like that's a different way to say the same thing. Like that's a different mantra. Always get paid twice or three times, right? If you can do it. So uh an example I gave from my own writing is I have this big like iPhone optimization article that has 2 million views which by far the most successful thing I've ever written. I mean obviously that's a lot of views. And uh all of the research that went into that article came out of a coaching group, like a productivity coaching group that I run. So I got paid by my clients to do the research, then I got paid a second time to write it up. And so that's like an example of getting paid twice. It's not necessarily writing with a book in mind, but it is an example of getting paid twice. And I think the same thing when you're uh if you were to more explicitly write with the book in mind you're like kind of putting the core pieces together getting the core ideas fleshed out you know the idea in the back of your head is then you'll get paid a second time uh for the book and then you'll get paid a third time a lot of times as the consultant and look i mean some people i mean for some people money is all that matters but i think you know where my head is at is that um money is required to a lot of times to craft something wonderful and so if you can get paid twice it means you can put out more effort you have more time you can invest more in it you can 
build something that's a higher level of, of craft. And then, yeah. And I think, you know, that's, that's what I'm ultimately interested in is what are the best products we can put out in the world? And each of our articles are their own little, little product. And the more we can get paid for them, the, you know, the more we can invest in them. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That's, because, that's, that's a yeah. different way to think of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially if you're doing research, if you're helping people, you're anyway going to get paid for it. So if you write about it, you can get paid more. Yeah. That's there. But uh, the thing is that many people don't write research-based articles on Medium, right? They write about their personal stories. They write about relationships and people who are not coaches, yeah. people who write from their own experience. So what do you think uh, those writers, yeah. how should they approach this idea? Because they don't necessarily write about, write research-based stuff. So what should they do? Well, I mean, by definition, you're an expert in your own experience, right? Like if you're writing a personal story, that's an example of you writing from the position of expertise. You are an expert in your own life. No one knows more about it than you. Um, and so that, I mean, looking at it from an economic lens, you have less research to do. I mean, you, all the research has already been done. Um, but what is the goal of the, these people that are, you know, sometimes it's fine also to write just for the love of writing, right? That there's no... Um, there's a lot of people, maybe even the majority of medium is people just blogging to blog. Uh, but we're talking about people that are thinking about themselves as professional writers or aspiring professional writers or professional writing is a component of their overall livelihood, right? Um, so for those people, yeah, I, I think it, I think probably they would be, uh, I don't want to say definitely, this is the, uh, I think they should consider what they would have to change to get paid a second time. So uh, is it write a book? Um, is it, you know, that they're writing in preparation for uh, consulting or, you know, um, I'm, I'm thinking about all the ways people get paid twice. In the programming space, uh, people are getting paid as a way to build a portfolio or, or getting a writing as a way to build a portfolio. And then the, the second payment is the new job, right? And I mean, it's really common. Uh, like, I, I mean, I, I, I track people almost that they disappear because they're happy at work. And then suddenly they start writing again. And then the next thing you know, they got a new job and it's like, I'm not sure it's the chicken and the egg. Like, were they, did they, were they unhappy? And that's why they started writing because they knew it would work or writing just kind of attracts recruiters. So, so that's, you know, that these are these other ways to make the writing worthwhile. Because I mean, what does medium pay roughly? You know, like, I think, I think it's reasonable to think medium is going to pay you 10 cents a word. I mean, it varies a lot, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's like, some amount of money, and depending on where you live, it can be enough to live on. I think most writers on Medium are hungry to be more stable, and especially since Medium's payments fluctuate so much. Um, it's really the fluctuations, I think, that would make me most nervous. Because uh, otherwise, it's kind of just this temporary windfall from Medium, and then it goes away, and you don't know when it's going to go away. So... Uh, I mean, that's the other benefit of thinking about, oh, I could, there's a second way uh, that I can get value out of having done this writing. So if you're writing about relationships, what is that second way? I mean, is it to build a portfolio to write other places, uh, to be a coach, to be a, a speaker? Yeah. So it's always to think with the bigger picture in mind, right? Think of your final goals and yeah. then write accordingly on medium. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I have a friend who is uh, who works with Infosec. And he, whenever he does some new hacking exploit, he writes about it on medium. And then he gets all these gigs yep. from companies because of these medium articles. So that is an, another exactly. example of getting paid twice, I guess. 
write about your exploits yeah. or your experience so you can get more gigs in the similar uh, area right that that goes back to part of the kind of right with the book in mind was to encourage people to become experts and so you know, i think there's this high vol- there for a while there's this pattern where you could do a lot of articles on medium across like every topic and it would sort of work out for you and you'd make a decent amount of money but when you do that you don't develop any expertise and if you don't if you don't present as an expert then you don't get consulting projects out of it or like so yeah i think you know your infosec guy he it he's writing from a position of expertise one that he actually it's his own exploit that he's covering but also he's writing on the same topic over and over again and you know when you visit his profile you're like oh yeah this person seems really legitimate and i need some, i need to work with someone like that so um yeah i mean the the book is kind of the organizing function which people some people misunderstood as literally write the book but i meant more write with it as a um an end goal so mm-hmm. if you have a book in mind then you know most of your writing should be related to the topic of that book i mean you see this all the time I and mean, james clear did this with atomic habits like he wasn't writing about um i don't know i mean he wasn't he was he was like he was everything he wrote was about habits for like a couple of years everything and each of those articles drove traffic to a mailing list and use that mailing list to help himself get a book deal and to refine what he wanted to say in the book and then he wrote the book and then it's a you know kind of bestseller i mean that's a great example of the power of, you know he was really clear and focused on one topic Right, that yeah. makes sense definitely. I also remember you said once that writers like James Clear they are not coming to Medium right now because Medium won't pay them enough yet. I mean, uh, they won't earn as much oh, from Medium yeah. as they get from other other jobs. So my question is a little bit hypothetical, but supposing someone like James Clear were to join Medium today, what do you think they would do differently from the people who are already writing on Medium? I think they would be really focused first, you know, like one topic and also always be driving to a mailing list. I, I mean that's the the book author playbook is to build a mailing list. Like when you I don't know if people have ever seen what a book proposal looks like, but when you go to a major publishing house and put together your book proposal, it's not just what you, what's going to be in the book. A big part of it is how you're going to promote the book. And it, like literally it'll say is this many people on my mailing list I have this many twitter followers this many you know facebook or linkedin or medium and um uh i mean i saw a book proposal the other day that uh that listed out the the um, articles that he'd published in better humans and how many pages he got you know it's like the editors who purchase these books you know they they give you a deal ahead of time give you a pretty big advance they uh they're swayed by you saying hey i published a kind of a trial balloon on this topic and got 100,000 views on medium like that that matters to to those editors and actually you know we know book editors who basically troll medium looking for those big you know looking for authors um so i think it's it's really like focus first um Yeah, that's the number one thing I would do. And that that's the number one thing that I think they would do too, yeah. Um So yeah, it's if somebody has some uh, area of expertise and they're really passionate about their topic, so it's a really yeah. good time to only focus on that topic and not think of yeah. other topics and not get swayed even if some topic might make more money now. Uh, but writing about a niche yeah. will get you more money in the long run so that level of focus is yeah, like way more money right yeah the a mainstream book contract is like a $250,000 advance so i mean compare yeah. that to whatever your medium earnings are right and if you're in a different topic you know like if you're if you're writing about software engineering leadership or infosec you know like the 
difference in salaries can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. But even it doesn't have to be that much money for it to. I hate. I mean, I like to talk about the money, but it also if I talk about it too much, I just feel obligated to step back with why, right? Like, what are you trying to achieve? You're trying to achieve some level of comfort for yourself. You're trying to make some positive impact in the world. And, you know, the money is a tool for that. And I think in general, you know, it medium is not set out to be full-time employment for, for writers. Like it's a place that you can write sometimes. So, you know, what we're talking about is kind of filling it out. And also what, you know, what you said about like medium doesn't pay enough for James Clear right now. I think that's the thing that I also worry about people who aren't thinking about how they're going to raise their own game on medium. Uh, mediums, the, the pool of subscription money that gets paid out to authors, it gets bigger all the time. And every time it gets bigger, it means the top authors make more money and but it's not necessarily the same top authors. So like as, as the top payments go up, better authors get attracted in. And so if you don't raise your game at the same time, you're going to have a nice thing is just going to disappear on you. And I know you see that all the time. It's just super common in the Facebook writer groups I hear about for people to say, oh, my earnings plummeted. You know what? Maybe it just got more competitive and you didn't compete with it i mean that's not always i mean there's a lot of fluctuation that's kind of natural in the ecosystem but um i think i've definitely seen long-term people who seem like they won medium and then didn't keep raising their game and just sort of it fell apart on them uh so yeah Right. So Medium can be like an online CV, an online resume where you write your articles. And yeah, this is be. what you show for your future, like for a book deal or a potential employee, employer. That that's, that's sort of what you're saying, right? Yeah, it can be. That's one of the, um, I think one of the really good ways to treat it if you're, if you're trying to make it part of a professional mm-hmm. kind of play. Right, right, right. So, uh, you know, recently, uh, Ev Williams wrote an article about how Medium is evolving as a platform. And in his own words, he said that Medium will spend some editorial uh, resources on identifying writers and offering them support, deals, and editing to find their audience. So, uh, like, for, yeah. for a normal, for an average writer on Medium, what can they do that they will also be eligible or they'll be considered for this support that Medium is talking about? Just that you're asking this question makes me wonder if you know more than I do. The, um, there, there is some, pro- I know there's a program going on. Uh, you can actually see it because it's using, it was using certain hashtags for a while. And when our editors asked the authors, like, hey, what is this hashtag about? The author said, we're not allowed to tell you. And so I honestly, I don't know. Um, I think I think there is some sort of support, pilot support program going on, but it's a pilot. And um, yeah, this I mean, this is a kind of the subtlety of the fluctuation in medium is I think that they're laser focused on building their subscription. So you can really predict that they're going to do things that help grow the subscription and and end things that aren't helping and so this feels to me like there is probably going to be some experimentation about how to make it safer for authors to come on board like if you don't you know like one in ten articles is a mega hit another nine you know kind of don't do as well i mean it is definitely a hits business publishing is and so it's tough if you're not sure if your first three articles don't do well, maybe you know you just want to bail and it's not worth the time. And so Medium can kind of even that out for authors. And it, it makes sense that they would be doing it. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anything is going on that's uh, um, uh, like you could optimize for other than what's motivating them. What's motivating them is they want writers that help 
grow the subscription. So like that's something I've said to a lot of people recently is you could consider focusing on writing that's subscription worthy. Like why would someone uh, pay to read, you know, read your thing? And that's the, I mean, that, that, that's the same kind of thinking that led me back to book publishing that um, like uh, the example I use, because this is an article I wrote is, you know, what is my writing process, right? Every author on Medium has written an article about, oh, here's how I write and you should try it too. It's such a good system, right? It's like a, a genre of article, but you've read that article a hundred times and unless you're Stephen King, which he wrote a whole book about that, uh, uh, about that topic, his process, unless you're Stephen King, it's not really something that you read and think, oh, I'm so glad that I paid money to read this. Right. And so like when I, I wrote it just cause you know, I like to exercise the muscle of writing. A lot of times I'm writing just to write. Uh, but the articles that I wrote that are kind of what I say book worthy, they're unique. They're, there's something you can't get somewhere else. There are more expertise behind them than you could get anywhere else. And maybe they don't always have the same level of page views, but I think that they're, um, they're more in that vein of, uh, um, of what I call subscription worthy, but it's like, there's some stuff I write that no one else could write because they didn't do that research. They didn't, you know, these are, you know, systems that have been tested in my world, but nowhere else, right? And I think that for all the writers on Medium, I mean, if you're putting out cookie cutter articles that other people have read before or written before, yeah, I think they'll get read again. I mean, that's the thing. It's like people read the same types of articles over again. You'll get the traffic, but I don't think anyone will look at you and go, oh, we're so thankful we have you on the platform, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, again, I'm just pushing people to, to think bigger. Because, um, uh, and I feel pretty confident doing that because there's so many benefits of, you know, taking the time to be an expert at something. Yeah. So my biggest so, takeaway here uh, is that you should write something, a series of articles, not just one article. Most of your articles should be yeah. something that no one else but you could have written. Right. So how do you do that? So that's tricky, right? Yeah, it's tricky. But you, you have can, to live a life that... Yeah. Play to your strengths, I guess. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. most people, I mean, they come... talk about this... Yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Actually, most people, they come to Medium and they see that a particular kind of articles are doing well, like uh, quotes from a famous yeah. person uh, who will that will help you become more yeah, productive right. or uh, drop right. a cel right. celebrity name like Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg. And these are the books yeah, that right. this person recommended. So these articles are definitely going to be read. They are going to earn like hundreds of dollars. But again, this is something anyone else could have written. It's not very unique it's just a simple google search and you will find out bill gates book recommendations yeah so. yeah, yeah. Uh, i think probably for most people on medium i think my understanding of the people i've met in these facebook groups that writing groups or who who are kind of wanting to learn more about how to be a writer on medium uh probably the answer is a mix that you know, it's, if you're not established as a writer, it's good to just always be writing. So there's no such thing as bad writing, right? Like write about Elon Musk's morning routine, even though you're not there. You know, that's my thing about non-experts, right? Like you weren't there. You know, you didn't watch his morning. You don't know if it's true or not, right? But if you want, write about it just because you're exercising the muscle of writing. Um, but in the back of your head, you know, be trying to figure out, well, what is a topic that you could focus in on? And when you're able to, yeah, really start to focus in on it. I mean, it's a, like, it's a ladder, you know, it's a path that you walk up. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're trying to make money off a of medium, maybe you have to balance that with articles that, that pay well for you. Um, you know, not everyone has the luxury of saying, well, I'm not going to get paid for my writing for a year. But then I might get a big, you know, uh, big new promotion uh, at work out of it. You know, that, but 
you know, not, most people don't have the luxury of waiting a year to get paid. So, you, yeah, you absolutely have to balance those things. Uh, I'm just thinking out loud here. A good way of doing this could be uh, mixing up, of course, and keeping your super niche articles maybe pinned to your profile so that anyone who comes to your profile, they, that's the first thing they see. And even if it's not a collection, even if it's not like you have written, say, 20 articles, you can't pin 20 articles. You can only pin five. But you can make an introduction post yeah. and then link to all the different parts. And then you can keep that pinned on your profile so people would come and say yes this is something i've never read anywhere on the internet and it's so useful to me yeah yeah exactly yeah um i, I mean that's not something i've done but that's also i'm not i'm more it's not as important for me as an author uh to make it work like i'm more just doing publishing but i, I definitely thought about that where it's like I have I already have collections of articles that like are like a third of a book, and yeah, I would like to collect them and say you know like here, um, here's my like mindfulness strategies for productivity, and I have like five articles there, or you know here's my habit building collection, and I have a bunch that come from the Coach Dummy work where we a lot of that focus there is habit coaching and training habit coaches, and so. Like, I think, you know, I could write a habit book if I wanted, if I wanted to go that direction. So, like, I, I think kind of promoting those collections of articles, it's useful, even if it doesn't get a lot of traction, it gets you thinking a little bit more about, you know, what are the holes? What, what haven't you written about? Maybe you haven't written about it because you don't know it well enough to write about it, in which case it is worth your time to research it because, you know... Like that's a budding area of expertise. I often find when I'm writing within the same topic area that I'm cross-referencing my articles very naturally. Like, hey, you know, if you want more info, you really should read this other thing. Um, and I, I can't do that as well when I'm just, you know, riffing or, sh you know, shooting off the cuff, which I do because I also just like to blog. I like to write. Um, so, yeah, everyone has to find their own mix, I guess is what we're saying, huh? <laughs> yeah actually you know like after that uh, after you wrote those articles about writing with a book in mind many of my writer friends were super demotivated because they feel that they are not yet experts enough to write about one particular topic because many people are really young they are in yeah. their 20s and when you're in your 20s you're not really yeah. expert at anything unless you are an exception no. so <laughs> most people are in that boat but like you said that if you are if you have experienced it yourself then by default you are an expert in that topic and you can obviously write a book about that um, can't you i mean it's possible right yeah it's also you know it's if you write within, uh, I mean, if you do enough research, you can become an expert. I think if your idea is I'm going to research something for an hour, write for an hour, publish it, never come back to that topic, no, you're not an expert. But if you're putting days into it and you're writing multiple articles on the same topic, you're getting feedback on what you've written and coming back to those topics, then, yeah, you do become an expert. And it, this idea of, like, becoming an expert in your 20s, it reminds me of the book that I wrote in my 20s. I was, uh, I think I was 25, 24, I think. Um, and it was exactly that. I was not an expert when I started the book. I sort of stumbled into it. It was one of those like lucky breaks where uh, a friend of mine got a book contract and she asked me to help. I was going to be her co-author, do like two articles. I thought, all right, well, I could at least learn enough to write those two articles. And then she had some life stuff come up and she couldn't finish the book. In fact, she couldn't even contribute to the book. So here we are left with this book contract. I'm the co-author and my, the main author who actually knows the topic, nowhere to be found. It is like not available. And, and I just thought, well, let me give it a shot. Let me try to write this thing. And it was painful as it should be. I mean, you're trying to, like, it's not trivial to, write something that's meaningful that is really going to help other people. I researched the heck out of it. I, and I just like chapter by chapter, I grinded through. And at the end, I was an expert. Like, and especially then after I published the book, I had to write articles and give talks about it. And after I had done all of that, 
Yeah, 100%. I'm an expert in that topic still, actually. Someone, I'm not really a programmer on a day-to-day basis anymore, but someone asked me a question on that topic a couple days ago. I was like, boom, here's how you do it. Here's why. There's other ways you could do it. Here's why you don't do it that way. I completely had that expertise, and it was driven by a massive amount of research, and that's the that's the thing, the kind of the content mill where you're just like on this treadmill churning out new articles, if they don't, if, if you don't put them into some container where it's like one topic that you're really going deep on, then you're not an expert. And you never develop that expertise and you're really only getting, you know, as I say, paid once for that work. Um, so it's the easiest way to get one article out, but what does it add up to? Um, we have in self-improvement, there's this concept deliberate practice and there's like this pejorative. It's the one pejorative I ever allow myself to use in self-improvement, which is the experienced non-expert. So like, you know, someone will come to you and say, I've got 10 years of experience, but then you look into it and you realize they're not any better after 10 years than they were at one year. And it's just, it's like, what did you do with those 10 years? (laughs) And that's what I feel about writers who are, covering too many topics is they'll have written a thousand articles and they still won't be an expert at anything. I don't, I, I mean, I'm not here to judge too much. <laughs> I just, but I think people can do better. Uh, right. You can do better than that. And uh, I'd love if someone wrote a hundred articles that they come away feeling like, Oh, I actually know way more about a topic than almost anyone on the planet because you know, 50 of those articles were on the same, you know, the same topic. Uh, but if you wrote 100 articles and you can't say that, uh, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a, actually, there was a lady I, I, I follow on Instagram and I followed, I've been following her journey for two yeah. years. Initially, she was a model. She posted modeling pictures. But then she started talking about body positivity and those posts got way more views than her uh, modeling pictures. Mm-hmm. Then she started talking about recovery from yeah. eating, eating disorder and even those got better views. Mm-hmm. And now she has shifted from modeling to being an expert on body positivity. And then she does this podcast yeah. where she interviews doctors about eating disorders and how to recover and therapists. Yeah. on how to have a good body image. So it's like she became an expert on this journey on Instagram and she got a book deal with Simon and Schuster, which is like a good publishing house. Yeah. So it's, it's the similar thing that people yeah. can do on media, right? Become an expert by writing. On the journey, you become an expert. You don't have to start as an expert. Right. No, exactly. And I, I hate to hear that uh, some of your friends were demoralized. Right. I mean, I, I think that um, they all, they all, all the, if they focus, they would all end up uh, being, developing some important expertise. And it's almost like, well, what a wonderful opportunity to be, you know, to become an expert at something in your 20s. Like that's so young to be an expert. Um, but yeah, you got to do the work. Um, and that's, I guess maybe that's the kind of like part of the message I'm trying to get out is, uh, you know, pick something, do the work. And, you know, the story you told is actually a good example of, you know, maybe you pick something and it's the wrong thing, but it leads you to the right thing. You know, she went from topic to topic to topic until she found the thing that she could, could really own. Um, so yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, that uh, that will actually help a lot of my uh, audience because many when I told people that I was interviewing you, the first thing they wanted to wanted me to ask you was this: that if I am not an expert, is it even worth trying on Medium? Because views are down for everybody, everybody, and you said that think of a book in mind when you write. So people are getting demotivated, but I'm sure this will help because you don't have to be an expert right now. But you can focus and find your niche and then eventually, you know, you yeah. can always collaborate with people who have actually done the research. That will be even more valuable article, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that helps a lot. Um, 
It's kind of funny. I mean, this is, I'm, I'm latching on to something here that the sort of the expectations of, you know, views are down for people that are feeling like they, they um, aren't experts at anything. I just like, I like, I want to pause at that and be like, how special was it that views were ever up? You know, it's like everyone has this, this like ladder, this journey that they go on as they start as a beginner and they work their way up, right? And there's this period where beginner writers were maybe, were, it was special how many page views they were getting on Medium. But that, that's different than saying they deserve that many page views, right? That, um, and that's, that's kind of the issue about always like, you can't get stuck there. And yeah, maybe there was a period where uh, a new writer could do really well on Medium, but it then just got more competitive. And if you weren't trying to graduate from new writer to, you know, whatever the level after that is, then you're going to get, you're going to get left behind. Um, and in my opinion, that that's good. <laughs> like we, like we're not, I mean, you think about the readers, like flip it around. Who do you want the readers to be reading? Uh, we want the readers to be reading the best possible information. I mean, I think I do. And uh, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I feel some obligation as a writer, not uh, if I'm getting a lot of traffic, you know, that you have to be bringing your best self to it. And it just, um, you know, if people who don't really think they have any expertise for writing is good practice, but I mean, I don't think maybe you want that many. <laughs> like, it's not like you're, they're reading you instead of someone who knows the topic better. I don't know. I just, I, I just always feel like this obligation that the writers have to, have to go deeper. And I, I don't, I mean, but then I, that's paired with all of your friends, all of the people that you're talking to, they're capable of going deeper. Like, I don't think that they're not incapable of doing it. I just think that they haven't been asked to do that or no one sort of showed them the way before. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very positive way to look at it. But I think it will help a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, well, I want to, I mean, hopefully it's helpful. Um, what, how else can we be helpful? Okay, so there was another question many people had. Uh, this was again related to Ev Williams, the post that Ev Williams made about relational changes on Medium, where he said that the the amount of money that was being spent on the publications was not justified to the kind of traffic that they were driving and the audience that they were building. So they yeah. are uh, limiting the resources that they are spending on these publications. Yeah. So the question was that, is this, and also in Ev's own words, uh, public, the role of publications has decreased in the modern era because early on publications were like a stamp of credibility, but now writers are the ones who build credibility. So the question is that, is this going to affect the better publications? Because uh, of the better humans, because we, you, everyone knows that you offered a commissioned articles on better humans. So is it going to affect the better publications? Yeah, I mean, we took a, we are, I mean, we're always asking ourselves, how do we fit into the ecosystem and how do we do better? Um, we're in no way satisfied with where we are. Um, because, you know, as we get bigger, we, you know, we get smarter, we get more budget, we get more ability to, to just always be doing better. I, I don't really see any other way to approach it. So the word that we pulled and used the most from Ev Williams's post is the word affinity. I thought it was really interesting when they reorganized their internal editorial, which it's tricky to talk about because there was a bunch of like sort of nonsensical bullshit press coverage of it that was not based in reality, in my opinion, in any way. But, um, and also 
for the most part, it's just media moving budget from one thing to another. But then you're kind of left with this, what, how do you talk about these editors that are basically out of their job? I mean, they've been treated fairly well. I mean, most media companies just shudder and that's the end. Today's your last day, that's the end. And all the editors that left Medium got like five month severances, which is really generous, I think. And also, I think obviously did very good work. Like that was a very good editorial team that did very good work. But very good work is not necessarily the same as the right work for Medium. And I think they were never able to quite make it all line up. And in my opinion, everyone's at fault there. Like I thought the product didn't change fast enough. And I thought that editorial didn't flex as much as they needed to. And that's why, that's what put it in my head to just start talking about this from an economic perspective. You know, their, their internal publications, when they, uh, they want to pay their writer a dollar a word, like that's kind of like a standard professional rate. So if you think about what that means is like they might be paying 500 to $1,000 for an article. Some of the articles were definitely more than $1,000, plus the editorial time on top of it. And you know how much you make on an article. Even if that article didn't, you know, that article might lose $500. Every time they, like, think about it that way. Every time one of those publications was publishing, they're losing $500, every article. And so the more they publish, the more money it just gets burnt, right? And, uh, and that's despite publishing really good articles. Um, and so I like, well, the economic structure is wrong there. No one is doing bad work, but they're in the wrong system. And that's why I came to this idea of why do their articles cost so much? The articles cost so much is because they're doing it with journalism and journalism is really expensive. It's beautiful and it's important because without journalists, a lot of topics would never get covered. But Medium's economics don't support that right now. And maybe if, if Medium could be 10 times bigger, maybe it will support it. But right now, what Medium's economic support are people that are getting paid twice, experts. So if you think like those were really high quality publications, but losing money. I just did this deal, sort of I was the deal maker for it, where I brought uh, 140 books in like the full content of all these books from the pragmatic programmers. So programmers on Medium read Medium for reference a lot. There's a lot of like, I need to get my job done. I'm stuck. I need to look up how to do it. Right. So I brought in a huge corpus back catalog of very high quality reference material. Right. Well, how did I make that cost effective? The books had already been written. Someone already paid, like this is a perfect example of getting paid twice, is those writers got paid once to publish a print book and now they're getting paid a second time. Medium doesn't, Medium's economics aren't having to support the full cost of those books. So to me, so that's that, that's that example of Medium's budget just sort of getting shifted towards things that are more cost effective. And I think there's this tendency to think, well, that means lower quality. And I was like, that's not true. It's that it's higher. I mean, the pragmatic programmers, those books are as high quality as anything that you're going to, that you would have found on from Medium's previous editorial team. It just, the economic structure of them is different. And so it's possible to do a deal with them because the prags get paid multiple ways. And so the economics work out. Whereas I don't think it's possible now, you always have to keep in mind that Medium is a growing ent entity. It's not possible now to make the economics of brand new journalism work, or no one figured it figured that out how to get paid a second time, essentially, and because um, the platform isn't enough to cover that. So, uh, what is that? What was your question? I wanted to tie it back to something. Yeah, the question what was that. Answering? Are, are the better publications going to be affected by this oh. budget cut? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, wow, I really went far afield. Um, uh, no, the, the better publications are, um, have always been break even or profitable. 
poor medium, like or they're like or close to it. But there's there's enough fluctuation that on a given month we might lose money. But we're not um, uh, for a medium. Like we have a deal where they pay us a certain amount, and it's possible for them to lose money. But it's not it's not a big. We're like close enough to the economics working that there's not a big change. But the word that um, what I wanted, to, what I started to go on, this word that we latched onto from Ev was affinity. Like, how do you have publications that um, people have an affinity towards? And I think we haven't cracked that particularly well yet. And this is what we've been working on for all of our publications. So you actually see, like, Better Marketing is this great example of um, some of our best performing articles of all time are articles that we wouldn't bother to publish now because they don't fit into where we want that publish that publication to go. So we want that publication, the primary affinity is that's a place for marketers to read other marketers. And yes, entrepreneurs will read and yes, you know, a lot of other people will read that publication, but primarily we want it to be serving marketers writing for other marketers. Like there's just a real passion for the craft of marketing in that community. And we don't think anyone really serves it that well and we think we can serve it really well and so we want so there's this like we used to publish these articles that were just sort of kind of interesting you know like a bad like a bad orange juice promotion got a lot of page views once uh, pepsi caused a riot in the philippines i mean these were like interesting stories but they're not like affinity building from our perspective they're not they're not about connecting to our core audience. And I think that that's the thing that, you know, all the all three better publications are really trying to hone in on, um, you know, how can we have true fans for the publication? And that means not, uh, you know, not just publishing anything. I mean, we just have, like really focus in on who, those true fans. So, um, yeah, I think we're all... And for us, that's just what we consider leveling up. And it wasn't particularly um, affected. Like our thinking on it didn't change very much with medium shuttering or whatever, reducing their internal publications and their internal editorial staff. Yeah. So affinity basically is like the loyalty that's there in the readers. Uh, or is it more about the loyalty in the writers? Um, the readers, uh, and uh, you know, I think of it as like a connection, not a loyalty. I mean, I don't like I don't need to trick people to come back. Mm -hmm. Like, I want people to feel passionately, like, "Hey, this is a publication that cares about them and is useful to them." And uh, and I think what the the way Affinity got me off into this topic of the of Medium's internal pubs is the publication they had they did that had the best affinity was level which is a publication for black men in their 30s and 40s and jermaine who was the editor there was just like these are this is a group that is not well served and they need to be like they need a publication that gets them and so that publication always had this loyal following in a way that the i think the other publications weren't able to quite grasp like this is our target market and so by, because they couldn't do that people might like one article but they weren't just this is my understanding and i'm sure every each publication had some they had fans but like there's a level i think uh, that you needed to get to above where they actually were i mean i don't have all the information on what happened with them but i do know for sure the economics didn't work yeah Right. And uh, if anyone is running, and if there are people who are running publications now on Medium, even if they are partnered, I think affinity is a good uh, yeah. field to focus on, right? To build that connection yeah, with your right. readers. So just yeah. quick, quickly, quickly, like from your understanding, can you give us uh, like some ways in which publication owners can build affinity with the readers? I mean, go in and focus is the one, obviously, mm -hmm. like the um, 
fewer articles, but all on the same topic. Uh, that's a big one. I think, uh, I mean, I think personality, I mean, that's what Ev was sort of saying that individual authors do really well. I, I think that a publication can still have a point of view, right? And I always encourage our editors to have a point of view and include themselves in the, um, yeah, kind of in the, in the, I don't know, like be visible and, um, you know, at some level, community. I, mean, I think we do some of that in better marketing where we try to at least bring our authors and readers together. And I think we'll probably do more of that in better humans too. Um, and yeah, I mean, all three publications, honestly. And we did, like, we did a conference for two of our pubs uh, at the beginning of the, of the year, which I think you spoke at, right? Um, that. Uh, like that's you know having some community around these is one of the things that uh, that you know I, I, yeah I'm making it sound like a thing to try I I'm like literally pretty close to hiring a full time events person so uh, I think that that would be a very good kind of add on that here's something medium doesn't do that you could um, uh, build um, build community that way. You know, we ran that event that you spoke at, Momentum 2021, we called it sort of a New Year's resolution kickoff that was coaches from Coach.me, writers from Better Humans, writers from Better Marketing. And we had 1,600 attendees at that thing, which well, it was like barely marketed. I mean, I sent out a couple newsletters, but that's it. Uh, and 1,600 happy attendees. So I think, I think you could do stuff like that. I mean, that's how we're, we're thinking about tackling it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's very helpful. Um, because uh, I think it will be helpful for publication owners also who are trying to grow their publication. These three terms that yeah. have a target audience and be yeah. visible. The editor should have a personality yeah. of their own. And build a community. I think that's true for writers yeah. also. A community is like the most valuable thing that you can have. So yeah, definitely. Thanks for these tips. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Great. That's a good summary of it. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Your answers were like super, super helpful. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye. See you then. Wow. What a valuable interview that was. So my key takeaways from it are in no particular order. First of all, you are on Medium, not just to write articles forever. You can build a brand on Medium and you can move ahead to get a job, a freelance gig, start your own business, or maybe even get a book deal by big publications. And to do that, you have to niche down. Niching down and creating a category where you are the expert where no one else on the world can write articles as detailed as you is very important. And the best news is that you don't have to be an expert to do that. You can figure out by writing lots of articles on Medium, analyzing the stats to know what the readers want, and also knowing what you want as a writer, what topics you are really passionate about. When you figure that out, you can find your way on the platform. You don't have to start out as an expert. You can write and then you can research, you can collaborate with people who have actually done experiments and you can build a name for yourself in that field. And this is something that's going to help you in the long run as a writer because if you position yourself as an expert, if you project the image that no one in this world is as much accomplished in this topic as you are, then you are going to be the number one in the world in that topic, in that niche. And that can be your own category. It can be your own area of expertise. And Medium can be a platform that will help you figure that out. Otherwise, there is no other way you would know what you are truly passionate about and in which field you are capable of delivering the most value. So the whole idea of writing a book on Medium can be a journey on self-discovery. By writing on Medium and analyzing the stats, you can figure out what your writing voice is and what topics you are truly passionate about. Aside from that, Tony gave us some really helpful tips on how to build a publication and how to engage your readers and how to develop that affinity with your readers, which
which I think is super valuable. And I'm so grateful for Tony to have done this. And if you are interested in following more of Tony's work on Medium and his publication, I'm going to leave a link in the description. So make sure you check that out. And please don't forget to let me know what you think of this interview. What is your opinion on starting a book, on writing with a book in mind? What did you interpret it before? And how was this uh, thought changed after watching this interview? So please let me know all of that in the comments. I will be happy to start a discussion because as you know, I love Medium and I'm always ready to start a discussion on Medium. Aside from that, I recently started a community on Discord where Medium writers, they support each other, they test out their ideas before publishing and they also give each other feedback on drafts before they go into publications. So if you are not a member, it's completely free. You can find the link in the description. Make sure you join that if you are passionate about chasing your writing goals on Medium. So that's all for this video guys. Thank you so much for watching. If you have any questions for Tony or for me, make sure to leave them in the comments and I'll get them answered ASAP. Take care, have a great week and I'll see you soon. Bye.